This is the KNGI Network.
Good evening, one and all, and welcome to a brand new edition of Viper's VGM Show. I am the Green Viper, and this is a show where I talk to you about my gaming experiences in recent memory, past memory, or what I have, whatever have you. But today, well, we are firmly in the category of the recent memory, because although I've taken some time to get round to the subject, we'll be talking about games that I finished, as well as games you finished, in the month of March 2023. I'd like to give a huge thank you to everyone who's listening to this live. You can come ahead and join us and chatter down in the Discord text chat. That is kngi.org forward slash Discord. And while you're there, why not go ahead and say hello to Arbiter0416, Pocket Alary, Jamie, without the 64326, and Resident. Oh, you don't want me to get rid of the ending bits now. Okay, well, Resident SD. We'll make one exception for him. What you had at the start of the show there was from Skylanders Trap Team, one of the games I finished for the first time in March 2023. Uh, that was the main theme there. Skylanders is always a series known for its great orchestral scores um, made by Lorna Balf, I believe. And they're perhaps one of the most renowned aspects of the games, usually. The scores are really good. Never, uh, I'd never say they're exactly standout uh, go-to picks for me as a VGM fan, but if you're a fan of orchestral stuff, then you're right at home with them. I enjoy them for the purposes they fit, but normally they're never ones I go back to all that much. So it's a big compliment for me that Trap Team's theme is as great as it is, because a lot of them, while serving the purpose and are iconic for that reason for the game they're attached to, that's legitimately just a really good piece. I like that one a lot. Afterwards, from Super Mario Galaxy, a game I definitely did not beat for the first time in March 2023, but went back and revisited. That was Beach Bowl Galaxy. Welcome, as I said, thank you for joining me tonight. If you are listening live, I appreciate it. Hope you've had a good week so far. And just remember, two more days to go until the elusive Fry Day. The day where we fry. Not sure what we're frying, uh, but we're kissing goodbye to the week with no more crying, that's for sure. Uh, I'm going completely mad, in case you couldn't tell. It's been a weird week for me, but I'm hanging in there because the ending of the week looks like it's going to be a great one. There's a lot to look forward to coming up in the next couple of days, but it's been a very quiet one. I've not done anything really since, I want to say Friday. I've mostly just sat in place at home trying to not get too bored and uh, get have cabin fever set in because I get really bad cabin fever so I've been doing my best to uh, cope despite that. Today's been a bit of a better day than other other days in that regard so not exactly the most positive of updates uh, like I usually try and bring you at the start of these shows but a little bit stir crazy so to say and uh, having the company tonight will, will be much appreciated so thank you to everyone who's dropped by and made it worth it. If you are lurking appreciate that. If you're listening for others that's totally fine as well or if you're not with us live and you're listening at some point in the future, either through a podcast or re-airing or however have you, thank you for joining us too. Appreciate it all the same. On top of that, you can also get in touch in a couple other places aside from our Discord server. There is none other than at Viper'sVGMChat on Twitter.com or Viper'sVGMChat at TheVIPVipers.space over on Mastodon. A Mastodon server, which I really need to get round to renewing the domain name for, because I've been getting threat emails and calls for the last two months. Uh, names.co, you know who you are. 
uh, please stop doing it. It's really annoying. I get paid tomorrow, so I'm going to renew the domain. So uh, for all the people, uh, mainly just Alari, who's on there, um, they're not hopefully all being well. It should continue to run for the foreseeable future. But regardless, that's where Vipers VGM chair, along with the official accounts of myself and Radius Sega, are hosted. So if you're on the platform, feel free to well, give us a follow, give us a mention, whatever life throws at you, throw it back at us. I don't know what that means. It, once again, long week. Anyways, yes, I hope you've all had a fantastic one so far. What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Let me know that as per always. Any news that's excited you? Any great new releases? Any sales on games? Any music you've been listening to? All is valid here on tonight's show. So let me know all the juicy gossip that you've got to offer. On top of that, though, this is the show where we recount the tales of our March 2023 backlog clearing. So if there's anything you finished in the month of March 2023, do let me know. If you've got any thoughts on it, that's all the better. Otherwise, shoot me over a request from what game you finished. And yeah, really let me know what you thought of it. I always love to read out those sorts of messages on air so we can all bask in the glory or laugh at the shame of a game, regardless of the quality. So, yeah. But that's really about it for me. All I've been up to uh, gaming-wise is playing a couple of games that I'm going to be talking about on next week's episode of the show, but I've not got too much to say about those right about now, so I'll refrain from doing so. But gaming's been quite sparse. I got back into Forza Horizon 5 as a result of playing it online with a friend, and uh, I think that's really about all I've played. I played, actually, that's a lie. I played a lot of Miku Logi Paint S, uh, which, for those of you who are not aware, is a Picross title. I've dumped like 23 hours into it over the past two or three days. That's actually where most of my time has gone, trying to not go stir crazy. I was really enjoying it up until I got to the 20 by 20 grid puzzles. And then my enjoyment dropped off the face of a cliff, because I've been trying to go for 100%, which is all achievements and all the in-game stuff. Which requires you to do puzzles without mistakes, and in any other Picross game this is perfectly fine, because they're a bit less hand-holdy, so you can make mistakes as long as you correct them before you get to the end of the stage. Uh, in trying to be quite helpful, Mikulogy Paint instead takes the effort of, whenever you get, whenever you enter something wrong into the Picross puzzle, it adds a massive X, so it tells you, hey, you can't put it here, which, yeah, is quite useful if you are just playing the game casually through for the first time, you're not that familiar with Picross, etc. Where that gets annoying is one of the star ratings you have to get for the game is clearing a stage without getting one of these Xs. The, the 20 by 20 puzzles can quite often take 10-15 minutes each. There's hundreds of them, I should point out. And you can get 10 minutes in, accidentally misclick, which perfectly happens, we're all human, and that's it. You've thrown away all your hard work, so... I got on fine with 15 by 15 but 20 by 20 was a little bit too much in that regard, and... I suddenly threw all my enjoyment out the window after like 40... I think it's 49 hours of playtime I have in the game on Steam now. And there's no way to turn off these accessibility features or anything, so I'm kind of just stuck with this and I really don't like it but I still want to see the game to 100% but I'm considering half cheating my way through it to be honest seeing if there's any predetermined answers online or you know fill in the blanks uh, ahead of time take the x's take a picture and then go back through and do it again 
they're all the options I have right now. And it kind of sucks, because if that accessibility option didn't exist, I'd be more than happy to go through and play these uh, and still beat the game properly anyway. But as it stands, it's actually very frustrating that the game is so diligent in correcting you and therefore dropping your star rating down. Uh, I... Yeah, it sucked all the enjoyment out of it, unfortunately. So I've got to decide what I want to do there yet. But that is a game I've been playing for a lot of this week. As I said, alongside the games, which I'll be talking about on next week's episode. But I'll be keeping the details quite hushed on that one for the time being. So yes, we've already had plenty of music. And on these backlog episodes, I like to play you a selection of what I was listening to last month as I beat the games at hand. It doesn't even have to be beaten. It could have been playing ongoing games without an ending. Uh, playing a live service, you know, stuff like that, demos, anything of the sort that I managed to finish. And, oh, there were a couple of cool bits I did manage to play with friends last month. I've mostly kept them off of the uh, off of the show this month, but normally sometimes I'll sprinkle them in as well. As I could have quite easily slipped in something like Among Us, which I actually played for the first time last month. I so, of course, as mentioned, played quite a bit of Forza Horizon 5. Played some Minecraft as well. Got back into that thanks to a friend's, uh, not server, what do they call them on the Bedrock Edition? Uh, Realm. A friend recently set up one of those. So got back into some of that as well. And that's just a handful of the games that I was playing. So those sort of things apply too. If you've been playing something without an ending or just playing something ongoing, then feel free to let me know what those are as well if you ever want to hear some music from them because that's perfectly valid too. Not everything's just got to be clearing out a game can be stuff you dipped your toe into and decided you didn't like or anything of the sort i just have the rules for what i tend to want to play of my own selection of stuff just to make things a little more interesting anyway speaking of other people we've got a request coming up right about now and it's from pocket alary on a game or regarding a game it the request is a song from a game which I really want to get round to soon because thanks to steam library sharing i have access to it it seems really cool two recommendations for it now so it's high time i got around to it i'm of course talking about the excellent platformer here comes nico here comes nico i don't know how you say it people with the name pronounce it in different ways so i'm not gonna try and say it one way or the other because i know how pronunciation goes on this show and how frequently bullied i am for it so here comes nico here comes nico with hairball city summer followed by a little bit of Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy. Don't go anywhere, this is Vipers VGM Chair. We're live here on the KNGI Network, and we're playing for you music, as featured in the games that I beat in the month of March 
was a little bit of Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy there, the original game that was Prelude, the Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy version, and for that I request from Pocket Alary, here comes Nico slash here comes Nico Hairball City Summer a great track as were both of those there so yes, it's time for me to talk about what I finished in March 2023 and to be honest with you, it was a relatively quiet month it was a time I spent more doing little plodding tasks in general, uh, not just across gaming, but across a lot of things. I had a great time in March, but a lot of that great time actually wasn't as a direct result of gaming, rather gaming either as a social activity um, through using it to connect with friends uh, that I got to see a lot of in March, or for various other reasons, I just didn't get around to gaming at all, and a lot of it was spent socialising or spending time with family, which is a bit of a rarer thing nowadays than it used to be, say, a year or two ago. So it's always nice to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, if gaming was there in March, it was always a very background minor element or something that just tied into other activities that were going on. Like, you know, I do radio shows every single week, but... I talk about the games, that doesn't mean I'm always playing them. Um, like mentioned, there's a lot of multiplayer ongoing stuff that was also played throughout that month that makes it quite difficult to go through things that I definitively wrote down as cleared. But while stuff is always ongoing or I jump into for sh small short sessions, typically throughout 
these shows i do like to give more of the attention to things that i myself have given more attention to perhaps than just i hopped into mario kart 8 for a game i played a lot of mario kart 8 music on the show um so you know it feels like i'm doing a bit of a disservice to the other games involved if i play it use it as an excuse to play more mario kart 8 music when i play that every month you know if i only spent an hour in it but it's the first and only time I've played a certain game, for example. Why would it be fair to give all the time to talking about such a thing versus talking about a game I actually cleared or put a significant chunk of time into for the first time or again or anything like that? That's how I tend to view these sort of things. So while it looks slim on the surface, the truth is there's always other facts involved as to why a number looks slim. Just and at the end of the day, it is an artificial number. Just play what you like. Play what you got time for play what interests you and comforts you and whatever and this was certainly one of those tlc months for me in that well a lot of the enjoyment throughout those days and weeks came from a lot of different sources in comparison to some months where gaming's all you've got you're, you're stuck indoors you're stuck inside you're seeing limited people or whatever haven't got much on your plate sometimes that's a good distraction all you've got and I know that's certainly the case for me, but there's other months where that's far from the case, and you've got to seize those opportunities too and take advantage of them. And yeah, March was one of those months for me, that's what I'm trying to get at here. So I might seem a little light on games that I finished for the first time or in general. With that in mind, Pokemon Snap I finished on the 12th of March. I did this on an actual N64, which was awesome. I was just messing about with it uh, since I just got back home. That was what I spent a lot of my time doing in March, was going back home, staying with family for a little bit. And back there, as of right now, it's not been moved over here. But it's, it's my N64 that lives back there. So got to play about with that. I got a flashcard on it, and I felt like, do you know what? It came to Switch Online kind of recently, but I want to play it on the real thing. Let's play some Pokemon Snap. And I had a pretty good time with it. It's a good game. I wouldn't say great or breathtaking out of this world, but it's pretty good. And I actually summarized it quite briefly in perhaps what you could uh, jokingly call a bite-sized way, because how I reviewed this at the time was, quote, a bite-sized piece of comfy Sunday afternoon fun. And that's exactly what it is. I just got back from a trip out uh, in the morning, got back, played Pokemon Snap, took me about an hour and a half. It was cosy, didn't have to think about it too much, it was still involved enough to be engaging, and it kept me company during said afternoon. There's not an awful lot to it, it's very simple in that regard, and it's perfect for that. It's just the right amount of involved for that comfy Sunday afternoon gaming. And sometimes you love a game like that. You don't need something super in-depth that grabs all your attention, that makes you think for hours on end about, you know, what the contents of the game itself or to puzzle solve or anything like that. Sometimes you just need that background noise of a game. And Pokemon Snap in that moment was exactly what I needed. And I had a good deal of fun with it as a result. It's a simple short game that I can imagine maybe I'll come back to in the future. Just as I, if I ever need something short to play and I feel in the mood for it, I'm sure it's a quick enough run through again to where I'd have a fun time with it. There we go, that was on the 12th. On the 13th then, I beat Super Mario Galaxy. I've definitely played Super Mario Galaxy before. 
In fact, I've even played it on this console before. But regardless, I played Super Mario Galaxy through and completed it on March 13th, 2023. Mario Galaxy, or the Mario Galaxy series is one of my favourite series of all time, quite frankly. Both of those games, it's so easy to lump them into one that you might as well do it. But yeah, I've got a lot of time for these games. Easily, I'd say far and away my favourite 3D Mario games. I'm why some people prefer the freedom of movement and the less restricted progression of Super Mario 64 and stuff like that, but I think actually that the slightly more restricted movement allows for a lot of expression in itself, and I'm just trying to think of something else, I just couldn't say it all of a sudden then. Um, yeah, it allows for a lot of expression in itself, and there's still enough variety in the moveset to keep things interesting, just because there's not all of the various and quite often pointless movement options of Mario 64 doesn't mean I think it's downgraded in that regard. And I think the streamlined game process allows them to, well, make a more focused game concept. Because you, can, you can't run off and do anything, but you can within reason, but not to the same level of reason that you could in previous sandboxier Mario games. But there's still enough to do in the open world where you have that sense of freedom, but you don't necessarily feel overwhelmed with the amount there is to do because the game has always got something for you to do there is a steady way forward and there's always a task in the moment for you to do rather than hey there's a million tasks pick which one you want while that is somewhat the case within the individual level there is one set objective go and do it and do whatever takes your fancy in the meantime so i think it's a little more walled off than other games in that regard but i think that's often used to the galaxy games detriment i actually think it's a positive in their favor but it doesn't also mean anything negative about the games it's comparing it against in the process you know i love this game and uh somewhat controversially i guess i think the controversy around it has died down but uh, for me, I played it through the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection. I bought it at the time, uh, both digital and physical. I really wanted the physical copy for the shelf, and I also wanted the benefits of buying digital, because in 2020, the postal service was really bad. You weren't really going out to shops to buy games. I certainly wasn't, and it was very difficult to get games day one. I absolutely wanted to play HD Super Mario Galaxy day one. That was the entire reason I bought the collection, because I have my respect for them, but I'm not the greatest fan of both Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine. I have fun in moderation, but in terms of games, they're not up there with my favorites, whereas Mario Galaxy definitely is. So I paid like 100 pound effectively for an HD version of a game that was released on the Wii, but I didn't care. I had a great time with it. I put like 50 hours into the game at the first, very first possible moment. I played both through Mario's campaign, Luigi's campaign, 100% and got the two bonus stars within a couple weeks of release and yeah that netted me 50 hours of playtime so it was absolutely worth the down price for me to play one of my favorite games again in a new and improved way with better graphics in an official capacity on the newer console so I was really having my purchase and I still go back and play it and well I still plan on going back and playing Mario Sunshine through the collection one day Although it has its frame drop issues, being able to play in HD and widescreen is a real benefit. So I will one day give that game the chance it deserves. But there's so many moments of frustration within it from the various times I've tried to play it on GameCube. But I know what I'm in for and I've never exactly been not filled with dread at the thought of playing Super Mario Sunshine. But certainly Galaxy is the one I always go back to. Uh, the most out of not just the 3D All-Stars collection, but most 3D Mario games in general. I only really rivaled by 
3D World, which I've played through twice now, but that's twice in about three years. So <laughs> it's catching up Mario Galaxy quite firmly. Anyway, it's still a goated game. I adore this one. I, I always give it a hearty recommend. It's just beautiful in everything it does, in level design, in gameplay, in its world building, in its story. My god, Rosalina's storybook is so tragically sad. Uh, there, 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 there is a stream highlight of uh, me playing through the Luigi campaign from when Mario 3D All-Stars first dropped. And uh, yeah, there... It was pretty hot in that room, and um, I, I, was, I, was, I was doing a lot of sweating. It was, it was through my eyes, right? It's so tragically sad, though, really. Um, there's there's a lot of nuance and just somberness to Mario Galaxy, which, well, story-wise story hasn't really been touched since, even with the improved characterization and stuff like the uh, Super Mario Odyssey and the Mario movie. So it's kind of nice to see all that here. I really appreciated the slightly more delicate touch that this game had in that regard. It's awesome. I'd recommend it. Uh, I officially threw in the towel on LEGO Brick Tales on the 17th, although realistically I'd stopped playing it months before, so I've not really counted that for the day's show. Uh, but if you're curious about my opinions, it will never really come up again. I put, I'm finally throwing in the towel on this one. I really wanted it to be a LEGO building simulator going in, but instead it's more like a uh, more like a poorly controlling puzzle game that always left me more perplexed than satisfied. I tried to get through it to make my purchase feel worthwhile, but even sitting through it with a step-by-step -step guide for the purposes of speeding through did nothing to mitigate the tedium. There is some neat stuff in here that I'd like to see improved upon in time, which is a common thread as to how I feel with all of the modern LEGO games in the various directions they've tried to take it since diversifying from just Traveller's Tales games. But it's a game I always dreaded coming back to, and it felt like about as much fun as doing homework. Yeah, it wasn't too hot on it, but I just tried to justify my purchase, and I think there was a point where I just couldn't do it anymore for no lack of trying. On the 19th, I finally finished Theatre Room Final Line Bar. Although I did do a show on it way earlier, I had never actually got around to rolling the credits on the game until now. A short and sweet review, like it is a short and sweet campaign if you're just going to the credits, but if you're not, there's hundreds of hours effectively more stuff in here. There, there's a lot of stuff to do. I think a hundred's a bit excessive, but certainly on the higher end of the tens. Not tens as in, you know, one zero, but as in the two digit range. There's there's a lot to do here. I said, it's a fantastic rhythm game that's a great celebration of the Final Fantasy series and now Square Enix as a whole. Highly recommended. Even if you're not a fan of Final Fantasy, which I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan, it's just not that I dislike it, just less my cup of tea. Um, I, I adore the music of the games, as you really should as a VGM fan, because there's so much variety and greatness, ge general glory in these games that it's hard to go, I hate all of this. Like You must like at least some of it. And if you're a normal person, you'll like 99% of the stuff in here at least. It's a really good soundtrack and a celebration of Square Enix. So if you're mildly interested in any of the series, I'd still say go for it. Even if you have no interest normally, but you like Grim games, it's a wholehearted recommended from me. 
Uh, aside from that, Skylanders Trap Team on the 27th. I finished on the PlayStation 4, which is noteworthy because I told the story on here before. Got it for £20. I've seen it in two CEXs since on the same console for £120. So I think I did quite well out of that one. I gave it four stars, which I'm aware might be way too high for some people, especially considering the game I finished next. Um, I'm aware this will rustle some feathers, but I've been quite clear on my opinion on these games before. I have nostalgia for the first one, but despite that, I reviewed it on the show before, and I didn't actually think it was that fantastic of a game. I thought it was okay, but actually outdone by all the games in the year since that I didn't get around to playing, so... This is more discovering what could have been a part of my childhood, but really I have no nostalgia for. Instead, it's just more discovering games that I missed out on. So that's why I've been making my way back through the series over the last year and a bit. Despite the general, why are you playing that? I think it's been receiving from a lot of people. The real confusion I've gotten. You know, it's, it's just a video game at the end of the day. It's a children's video game. Aren't we all playing children's video games? As long as you're having fun with it, who really gives a toss at this point? But I've enjoyed these games as comfy couch co-op brawlers, so if you like anything of the sort, you might get a little bit of mileage out of these, especially as nowadays the prices, ignore the fact that I mentioned those games, just get them on last gen, they're like 2-3 pound on last gen. But minus the games, everything here is super cheap. It's no longer exploitative in price like it was when it originally dropped. Instead, you can get everything you need to play one of the games as long as you go for the cheaper version of each game. You can get everything for a couple of pounds, which is a really accessible price entry point in comparison to a lot of the pre-owned games and the, a lot of the older games I actually talk about on the show. So... It's actually great value for money now, which really readjusts opinions that I might have had if I'd actually played these 10 years ago in the same position. I'm actually a little bit lighter on them than I would have been now, but I had a great I had a great time with this one. It's renowned for being the glitchiest of all the games, and I think from the outsiders looking in, it was just more of the same, and well, for people who like more of the same, like me, it was an improved version of more of the same. So I wrote about it. I went into it not really knowing what to expect, as I'd heard it was one of the weakest in the series and also one of the buggiest, so I was expecting to be polarised and instead came out having really enjoyed the experience. Trap Team feels like a direct improvement to the weaknesses of Swap Force, which is the previous entry in the yearly series, and it's actually all the better for it. Levels are whittled down in size to mostly just the right level. Seriously, Swap Force had like hour plus long levels, it was really unpleasant in that regard. But each level here is just the right length and has fun and vari varied objectives which help keep things fresh from the beginning straight to the end. The new gimmick of the game does provide some entertainment. The portal this year round has a speaker in it and has different ways of glowing and has the ability to insert new types of NFC figures into a specific slot. But the portal and how it interacts with us through the speaker is really cool. Hearing enemies actually speak through the portal speaker rather than the TV is... Despite how simple and dumb of a concept it is, it's really charming. <laughs> it did get a smile out of me a couple times, so I, I had fun with that. Yeah, it does provide entertainment, but for the most part, it can be ignored if you so wish. If you so wish, which I appreciate, which after a while I did go out my way to like turn down the volume setting on this and mostly ignore the whole trapping villains part. So yeah, you get these traps, which are the things you insert into the slot. You can then choose to capture a villain and play as it for set periods of time if you so wish. That is the new gimmick. You can mostly circumvent this if you don't have the toys or you just don't wish to participate in it, which I appreciate. 
there's some bits of progression... No, there's no progression linked to it, but there is bits of 100% linked to it, as pretty much per always with this franchise, because 100% is tied to buying loads of toys, which I don't massively agree with, but I don't 100% these games, so I can only speak from the experience that I've had, and with that, you can go out of your way to ignore all the stuff. While I did encounter a few bugs, nothing game-breaking occurred, so maybe I should count myself lucky. If there were bugs, I could always get out of them by just removing one of the two players we played at co-op uh, i could always just remove one of the two players from the portal and that would respawn us into a place which got us out of the glitch but i've seen various crashes happen to people or getting stuck in walls and stuff like that to where it can be game breaking and you've got to go all the way back to the start of the level that would have been more devastating than something like swap force but it's still annoying here despite that i the game didn't live up to its buggy reputation that i heard so much about i got off very lightly though potentially but i'm not really sure because hey i can't exactly say in my circle of friends or circle of people i know that anyone's really played this game because it doesn't interest them you know that's perfectly fine as long as you're respectful of my opinion too still trap team as always is another fun mindless cart brawler nothing mind-blowing or goat worthy but one that i enjoyed way more than i feared on the same day i beat super mario 64 DS. Actually, no, the next day, on the 28th, I beat Super Mario 64 DS. A game I had some childhood memories of, but I never let the small, really minuscule amount of memories I had of this game cloud what I found to otherwise be a poorly controlling mess. One that did have some great content buried underneath it, but content that I also found confusing in its inclusion in the first place. I know it's a concept that's been uh, questioned to death, but I'm not really sure why Yoshi needed to start as a playable character. But once you unlock Mario, there is literally no reason to ever need to do ever need to play as Yoshi, unless I presume you're going for the 100%. But otherwise, you can just play as Mario. Now, the thing that finally convinced me to get around to this game in general and finish it is the recent... Or I, I know it's been a thing on emulators for years, but on console, there's finally been a lot of progression to getting analog controls working on this thing. If you have a hacked Wii U and the virtual console version of the game, which I do, uh, on the Homebrew Store, which is a very easy to install application, just get Homebrew on your Wii U at this point, seriously. I'm not even saying the whole advocate for it because the eShop's closed thing. You can, there's plenty of things you can do that involve Homebrew that don't involve piracy, and I'm not going to condone that or anything like that. I own Super Mario 64 on the Virtual Console legitimately, which is awesome because it also works with legitimate versions as well, which is something you'd expect, but doesn't always go case in case with some patch files, which is kind of a shame, honestly. But yeah, so there's on the Homebrew launcher or on the Homebrew store, sorry, there is a patch available that patches in proper analog controls with right stick support. So, you know, not even just having to... You don't even have to use the run button anymore in the game, sorry. You can instead have those degree of motion that let you actually use it with proper analog controls, which is great stuff. And there's also recently, within the last year or so, been a patch for the 3DS that allows you to do the same thing. And with another patch, you can also play the game in widescreen. That's what I opted up. That's what I opted to play in the end, but I have messed around with the Wii U patch as well. That is still great. But I finally got through the game thanks to the 3DS widescreen and circle pad patches. And I actually really enjoyed myself 
I think a little bit more than the base game. I appreciated the change in controls here to make Mario a bit less tank movement-y. They went a long way in helping my enjoyment of this, even if I didn't always think the extra gimmicks were necessary. So at the time, I wrote... Thanks to the new analog and widescreen patches recently made available. Oh, and it has C-Stick support if you have a new 3DS as well. I forgot about that. That was also very handy for me. I actually ended up having a pretty nice time with this game. Still a few areas suffer from poor control or frustrating design, but otherwise, once you unlock Mario, I think this is a really so solid remake that should be heralded for its own achievements and gameplay rather than how it stacks up to the original. Some new styles I found a little bit weird, but others I thought were great. I thought were fantastic additions. Like the Silver Star stuff I thought was fantastic, because quite often the red coins were really finicky to collect, so the Silver Stars in some stages just feel like a way better implemented version of that. The new courses added as well, uh, to go alongside both the Silver Stars and just to unlock the new characters and their abilities, I thought were really fun new content like that should be heralded in its own regard rather than the original content be compared to the original in my opinion because both can and will continue to coexist even despite the infighting because super mario 64 for the n64 is the greatest game ever made and which never had any change to it whatsoever i can kind of get it but at the same time don't view this as a replacement because i don't really think it's trying to be view it on what it does differently all the new stuff it tries to do because you can do that without stacking a game up to the original because both are different enough to where they can quite happily coexist on that basis i did have fun with it and i noted i think i actually as a result of these patches might end up revisiting this version more going forward didn't think i'd end the playthrough liking it more but weirder things have happened there we go, three and a half stars there for Mario 64 DS. I think I gave the original three stars because I find there's way too many tedious stars, but despite that, I actually had more fun doing those stars I said I found tedious in this game. What a weird turn of events. I think it's mostly just due to the controls, but I enjoyed some of the new gimmicks presented within 64 DS as well. So there we go. I also beat two more games during the month, those being Sonic Advance 2 and The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, but hey, that's not what this show is all about. I have a Radio Sega show for that sort of thing. I don't need to talk to you about those two games, but I had a fun time with them as well. Anyways, there we go. All of the stuff I finished in March 2023 there. As I mentioned earlier, if there's anything you played, finished, or just dip your toes into multiplayer-wise, or didn't quite end up finishing, let me know and I'll read them out during the next segment. Otherwise, we've got a bit of music here from Pokemon Snap, followed by a small amount of some of the stuff new to Super Mario 64 DS. So we've got one song coming up from the various mini-games featured in the game. So first of all though, Pokemon Snap, here is the beach theme right here on the KNGI Network.
go. A little bit of Luigi in the casino there. As that was, well, I've kind of given away the whole song name on accident. Luigi's Casino 2 from Super Mario 64 DS. Before that, from Pokemon Snap, the beach theme. Eventually, I'll get round to new Pokemon Snap, a cartridge which I stole off my girlfriend about two years ago and uh, never have given back since because I've not gotten around to beating it. I bought it for those, so I get to do these things apparently. I, I, I shouldn't be able to, but unlimited power or something like that. Anyways, it's the time for me to talk to you all about what you finished in March, as well as what you've been up to recently viewer slash listener appreciation and all that stuff we're all about it here on the vgm chair so let's speak to our lovely discord channel which once again kenji.org forward slash discord right then let's go all the way back to the beginning since i've not really spoken all too much to the chat room aside from the usual greetings and that's about it so we started things off with jamie about the numbers who said i think i've only completed one game in march and that's lego marvel superheroes this month I've completed three games, but we're not talking about this month. Then, here we go. It's time for a novel with Pocket O'Leary. I had a fairly busy, mar- uh, fairly busy March. I finally beat Mario Kart 7, a fun entry that is not hard to compare to Mario Kart 8. Oh, sorry, that is hard not to compare to Mario Kart 8. That's the way around I meant it. Seeing as it laid the groundwork for that game, it's a bit rough around the edges, but still worth a play, although I'd recommend Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in the DLC over this. Still being in the mood for Mario Kart, I then moved on to DS. Definitely a cheap and rough game. Wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for DS, damn it. And I think a lot of people do, but it's hard to see that soft spot if you didn't play it around the time. Uh, but yeah, still being in the mood, I moved on to DS. Definitely a cheap and rough game, but I managed to scrape it over to an, enough points and have managed to have fun enough to see it through to the end. I took a break to play some SRB2 mods before finally seeing the credits in Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Really never seen the credits to that game. I love that game. I've beaten that one so many times and will continue to do so. Sorry, Team Sonic Racing. You're just not as good. But the highlight of March for me was Here Comes Nico slash Here Comes Nico, a small stress, a small low-stress collectathon that has you doing various tasks for a cast of adorable animal characters in what can best be described as a crossover between 3D Mario and Animal Crossing. Even doing that, uh, even that does its originality and creativeness a disservice. The cast of characters have some fun personality traits that make them memorable, and the game has some good queer representation. It's a positive game with a heartwarming story that reflects healthy relationships and mental health. We'd love to see that. As for what I've been playing recently, it's more Freedom Planet 2. There are quality of life features that I like in particular. First, the camera will zoom out at times to make it easy to see what's coming up ahead, and secondly, a new smash like guard, which can of course protect you from damage. But as anyone who's played the first game may know, my Lilac Cyclone could be great for gaining extra height, but it can kill the flow as you wait for the animation to end so that you can properly move again. But in the sequel, this guard will cancel your attacks and therefore get you back on the ground quickly. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's great, actually. <laughs> I didn't notice that in my time playing. Once again, I dropped Freedom Planet. I mentioned this last week, I think, just because I wasn't massively feeling it. But I will go back to it at some point in time, I swear. And when I do so, I will use that feature to my advantage because I definitely remember that being um, quite irksome in Freedom Planet 1. So that sounds great. So Jamie says, I've currently got two licensed video games on the go. One is Batman Arkham Knight that I'm playing on the PS4. Oh, sorry, and I'm playing that on the PS4, but that's practically the same thing as what I just said. And the other is Scarface, The World Is Yours on the Wii, which was a quasi-sequel to the movie. For those of you who have seen the original movie, you know why this isn't an actual sequel, but it's more of a what-if sequel. 
I'm enjoying both games. Arkham Knight more than Scarface, as some of the motion controls don't seem to work straight away, but it's not a bad port of the PS2 slash Xbox game. I also recently got Yakuza Kiwami 2 from the PlayStation Store as it was sale, as I'm getting ready for eventually going through the whole Like a Dragon franchise on PS4 one after the other. Do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. Aluria said, slowing down with getting games has made me realise that not completing games isn't that big of a deal, TBH. I rarely beat my favourite games as a kid, as I can only name three I remember beating, but I still have a lot of fun, so why should my adult life be any different? Exactly, I, I think that's a key thing for people as well. Um, I guess th this is something that I can imagine is actually going to come up a little bit on next week's show, but I think it's within my own tendencies to want to see what I'm doing all the way through. Not just in gaming, but in life. So, you know, I I certainly have that mindset going into a lot of things. But also being able to step away and uh, look at how other people do things is very refreshing. And also it's important to, you know, make sure you do look at other people's ways of doing things. In order to be able to respect those ways and opinions in the process. And yeah, I can absolutely see how, you know, getting perhaps swept up in the hype of getting a load of things cleared from the backlog because, hey, I'm doing a show about it. Some people could be more destructive than it is constructive, and I absolutely see that and respect that, and there's certainly never any pressure on anyone to clear things for this show just so they have something to talk about because, well, we're talking about things we played this month. There's really no boundaries for that sort of thing, so... I get that, and I can certainly respect, um, you know, not wanting to go through and immediately finish everything as well, because games are just best to be savoured for most people, and I think that's perfectly fair, because I've noticed some people stopping back and reflecting on the same thing have uh, perhaps, perhaps have um, pointed out a lot of traits which I've noticed in myself in the process of going through these backlog shows and going... Yeah, I guess in some cases I never really took the time to savour some of the games that I've been talking about in here. As much as I've just wanted them done to be able to move on to the next thing, get that next adrenaline or dopamine rush, and then move on again. And that's something that's very noticeable, and I think different people handle that sort of situation differently, and I think no matter which way, it's totally valid. And There's, as mentioned, never any pressures on anyone to finish anything like you must finish a game so you can talk about it or it, anything like that it wouldn't be a comfy show if we did that that's always the aim of what i'm trying to get across so i can absolutely see people you know people have different priorities or even if not they have different ways of wanting to finish things and enjoying things in the process whereas i'm very much someone who enjoys cataloging and recording things and making sure i do them to the best of my ability and that, of course, leaks through into my habit of playing and enjoying games. <laughs> Much to my own detriment, but this is unfortunately my life now, and I just deal with it, because... To be completely transparent with you, it's something that in most people gets worse with age, if they have it. So, um... This doesn't bode well for the course of the show, does it? But, certainly, um, you've got to respect other people's ways of doing things as well. And yeah, I've seen, you know, your own pledge and other people's as well to how uh, how they're going to try and appreciate games more going forward. And I, I think it's very respectable, to be completely honest. Uh, we've also got Jamie who says, I just need, in regards to his uh, Yaxa collection now, I need Yaxa 6, Yaxa Like a Dragon, Aishin, Fist of the North Star, Judgment and Lost Judgment, and then we got the two upcoming games, Eight and The Man Who Erased His Name. I'm so excited for The Man Who Erased His Name. Like, un 
ungodly levels of excited for a brand new Kiryu Brawler. I, I'm not going to spoil what happens at the end of Yakuza 6. I imagine there's a lot of people who won't want that sort of thing, even now. But I'll put it that it did seem pretty unlikely that they weren't going to return to the concept of a Kiryu-based brawler game. So being able to see that come into actuality all these years later after I not abandoned hope, more, le more or less, but I didn't have any hope to begin with that they were going to do this. To have that hope again suddenly is so nice. So I'm I'm just got an ungodly level of hype in me for that one. I can't wait to hear more about it because I'm I'm so ready for it. Trust me. Uh, so aside from that, Jamie said, I think with Pokemon Snap, it might be the first game where you can see Pokemon in their habitats in such detail. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's such a great aspect of it is just seeing the Pokemon interactions, especially at such an early point in the franchise and being able to see them up close and personal and getting a greater view into, well, what should be the everyday lives of Pokemon. Of course, these are Pokemon in the wild. Captured Pokemon, I imagine, uh, don't have anywhere near as glamorous of a life, despite what the games would tell you. So it's nice to be able to see these sort of details, really for what would have been one of the first times properly in the series. So it's great based on that as well. Uh, so aside from that, we had Purvis join us in the chat. Hello to you, Purvis. He says, I don't remember if it was March or early April, but I beat FF4 Advance. Very nice. Thank you for letting us know. I'm joking, of course, somewhat, but hey, as long as you enjoyed it, that's the main thing, isn't it? Pocket Larry said as well, in regards to it, I've been thinking of trying Final Fantasy at some point. I've been eyeing up those pixel remasters. I think a lot of people have. Uh, I know there's a lot of controversy in regards to how they're releasing the physical versions of that uh, among my friend group, but anyone who's getting them digital or managed to snag themselves a copy. I hope you're looking forward to them because I know people have been clamoring for those on console for so long now. And I think that is going to be a lot of people's gateway drugs into the series for as much as dedicated fans will tell you. There's probably better ways to play them. Hey, you know, we're seeing this right now from Furvis in the chat saying they're probably not the best ways to experience them. But you know what? They are the cleanest looking as an outsider looking in and the most polished and most recent as an outsider looking in. It's so easy, I'd say, definitely for someone like Alara who we've got here to, hey, doesn't this situation sound familiar, to apply that sort of thinking to it. We have this thinking all the time in our circles, at least in sort of Radio Sega and other Sega communities with Sonic Origins, for example, how these aren't the best way to appreciate these games and how playing them with a million mods on PC or whatever is actually the best way. It's interesting how many communities this sort of thing applies to, because I think that's definitely the implications of what I've heard surrounding the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. And, well, when you're able to... You, th this is sort of a situation, especially for me as well, where I can say I'm on both sides of it, because I've been on that Sonic side where I can say, yeah, these games are so much better with mods, you know, just play it that way. But I guess if I were to jump into Final Fantasy, I would be on the other side of things, where I could definitely go yeah but these are so convenient and they're new and shiny and they're the newest releases and this and that this is the point i was trying to push up people with sonic origins it might not be the best but it's the closest to being the best for the audience it's trying to target well, you can see the same thing exactly applied but perhaps a lot of us are sitting on the other side of the fence here for these pixel remasters but yeah i think it's great based on that but you see the situation in a lot of communities and certainly looking to be the same in Final Fantasy but hey, if it's going to be the way that people are going to convince themselves to play it all the more power to you, you know 
Aside from that, oh yeah, the Super Mario Brothers movie was of course mentioned by a couple of people in the chat. Alori says, oh that's right, I watched the Mario movie. It was fun and not as jarring as expected. <laughs> Alori says, people will mock Skylanders for being a kid's game and then go and play Lego Star Wars. And Jamie says the same about Lego Dimensions. No, people would never do that. People would never have that lack of... Uh, that lack of self-awareness on the internet. No, that would literally never happen. And I'm aware this is a completely ironic joke based on what's been being played by certain members of this chat. Um, but this genuinely does happen to me in conversation. People will say this sort of thing to me and then go and play a game which is literally made for children and only children and tell me I'm being childish for playing certain franchises. Like, come on people, it's current, yeah. As long as you're not hurting anyone. Do what you like, you know? That's That's got to be it at the end of the day, surely. Hydro says, Hey guys, and uh, hey to you as well, Hydro. I finished Minish Cap back in March. I had it on the GBA, but never finished it back then. So it was great to finally put this one to bed on NSO. Finished it just in time as my subscription expired, and I can't justify renewing right now, so I've lost all the Mega Drive and GBA titles for the time being. Yeah, I imagine for a lot of people, it's an easy way to jump in, because... Uh, the, the, the usual response to that uh, has been suggested, and I think it's still massively convenient if you've got a Switch to just be able to jump into a pre-configured service full of those ROMs rather than having to do all the setup from scratch, and I get that. And I think that's a result, potentially by the sounds of it, of why you actually got around to finishing this for the first time, just the convenience and ease of access, and sometimes that's all it's got to be, just making it a little bit easier to just pick it up and jump in. And that's all you need to finish a game sometimes. Even that lack of having to put the cartridge in can be that wall between you going, I'm going to play this finally, and not starting it up and finding something else on your console to play. So if that was the final jumping point that made you finally do it after all these years, then hey, that's great. Shame, obviously, if you want it, that the subscription currently you can't get or you're a bit priced out of it, obviously. But yeah, there'll always be different ways to play those games. But if uh, if you enjoy playing it like that, then hats off, honestly. Personally, myself, um, I'm actually quite excited at the Mega Drive update that came out for the Switch Online today because I'm someone who, when they go and beat games, like to beat them in an official capacity in the sense of I don't mind an emulator, an unofficial emulator. I've, I've played many games through them and I'm more than happy to do so. Where I kind of draw the line uh, with counting something as finished is slightly different to most people because I consider save states a legitimate way of finishing something, but where I don't consider it is perhaps a little weird for most people because if I'm playing on an unofficial version of the game, emulated, I don't consider using save states a proper completion personally. But if I'm playing on an official re-release using the save state function, or the rewind or whatever, then I feel a little bit better about it. Pulseman was released on the Mega Drive app today. Uh, it's the third official release of this now. The first being on the Mega Drive in Japan, slash the Sega channel in the US. The second though, and the most accessible release here for us in the West, was the Wii Virtual Console release in 2009. Wii Virtual Console sadly didn't have save states aside from when you closed and reopened the game though, so... Not quite the sort of thing I'm looking for. Switch Online then is the first official re-release where Pulseman has had save state support. So, for me, that is my first excuse to try and beat that game and count it as a legit beat, because it's a Mega Drive game. I can play it on the real hardware, and I'd love to. 
I love playing stuff on the real Mega Drive hardware, especially now with my new fancy 60 Hertz one. But Mega Drive games are also insanely difficult. Unless I've played for it with save states once, there's probably no hope in hell that I'm beating most of these things because continues are rough and many of them lack save, save files or level select codes or anything like that. Weathering the storm and going back to the start every single time is not a gaming experience I'm entirely chill with, so I'm more likely to see it through if I've got those save states and if I enjoy it enough and play it more and more times, then I'll get to the point where I can finish those games without the states. I've done that with so many games that I know and love and, quite frankly, will continue to do so. And, you know, nowadays I can beat them with my eyes closed, stuff like the classic Sonic games. I couldn't beat those without a lot of save states back then, and now it's like... It's clockwork to me, just because of how many times I've played them. Sometimes you just need that first foot in the door. And for me, I consider those sort of releases with save states a perfectly legitimate way of beating the game, and therefore that will be my first foot in the door. As such, I'm really looking forward to playing Pulseman through the Switch Online service very soon. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea to play games that way, but it is mine, so I'm going to fully take advantage of the service and therefore have some fun in the process, and sometimes that it's as simple as that to make yourself enjoy a game, you know? Yeah, aside from that, what else? We got a lot of talk about Starlink in the chat, which I've still not got around to playing. I got the Switch version, aka the only version that matters to 99% of people. I got it for a fiver from a charity shop a couple months back. Still haven't got around to playing it, though. Even despite the fact I technically have two copies, because we have one here right now that isn't mine, but is now shared. So plenty of opportunities to play it. Still haven't done it, but I'll do it at some point. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we've had the discussion about the Steam Deck in the chat because Alara said that she's going to get 64DS set up on the Steam Deck. There we go, lovely mention. Uh, aside from that, uh, what else have we got? Uh, Hydra says we'll love to try Pulse Man. And yeah, Jamie didn't even know it was on there. Yes, Pulse Man got added today along with a couple other games. Only one I remember off the top of my head is there's a new version of Street Fighter 2 on there, which of course got memed to the high heavens. Don't let the propaganda distract you from the fact we've got another official re-release of Pulseman. This is your only legal way to play it nowadays, unless you really want to go out of your way to import the Japanese Mega Drive version, because as we all know, no more no more Wii Virtual Console, and uh, certainly no more Sega Channel. So if you're one of those people who prefers to play your stuff legit, only way to play Pulseman legitimately, so might be your time to do it. Uh, <laughs> Freedom Planet is based because you play it as a cute dragon girl. Babe, more power to you once again. If that's the sort of thing you enjoy, uh, that's not a make or break for me, but for some people that absolutely is. Regardless, more music coming up right about now. First of all, the Childish Skylanders Trap Team, and, well, quite literally Trap Team. You're about to hear some trap, kind of. It's a trap beat. It's, it's not actual trap. But we got Chill Bill's boss theme coming up now, and then we got a little bit of Morbius Final Fantasy or something like that. I don't know, I didn't play the game. Uh, no, it, it's Mobius Final Fantasy coming up. Uh, another track I discovered through some theatre rhythm final line bar. So let's jump into them. Vipers VGM trip right here on the KNGA network. When we come back, we'll be ending off the show, but not before two banging tunes. Enjoy the music, and I'll be speaking to you ever, ever so shortly.
Looking for more? Go to our website at kngi.org. for one last time this episode we are back here on 
Vipers v Gemcha. A little bit of Mobius Final Fantasy there, Dancing Edge, and for that from Skylanders Trap Team, Chill Bill's Boss Theme. I wish it was longer, but it was a really enjoyable 41 seconds, not gonna lie. Anyways, we are back, and as mentioned, it's time to end things off. So, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening in as per always. Down in the Discord chat room, then, we have had Hydro, we've had Pocket Alluri, we've been joined by Dusk, big shout out to Dusk. We've also got Jamie, it's Purvis, uh, who also got to scroll a little bit further up to find this out. We've had Resident SD and Arbiter0416 as well. If on the off chance I have missed you though, feel free to give me a shout down in that Discord server and I'll give you the shout out you deserve for keeping me company on tonight's episode. Thank you as well if you have been listening on the podcast, on some sort of re-airing, or just been lurking, listening through others, however you've tuned in, it's appreciated. All that remains to be said though is what's coming up on next week's episode and I'm sure you're curious to know and, well, you'd be rightfully curious quite quite frankly because... It means you're a fan of the show, or at least you've listened and enjoyed it enough to want to rejoin me, and that's that, that's appreciated. Uh, coming up next week, then, is something I've alluded to a little bit, but I've not said any specifics on it, but it's the beginning of a new type of format here on Viper's VGM show. It's something I've had noted down on my show ideas pad for about a year now, and I've never actually done it. I've just lested... Uh, lested? I've just rested on it uh, up until now, but it's finally going to happen because I've had a bit of motivation thanks to a new release recently, as well as some things that have been on my backlog for quite a while now that I figured it'd be perfect to roll into next week's show. So we're going to be debuting a brand new type of show here on Vipers VGM Show. I am calling it the Game Pass Grab Bag. Now, although it mentions Game Pass explicitly, perhaps one day in the future it could change to some sort of other subscription-based gaming service, but as of right now, it's talking about Game Pass, and specifically what's going to happen is I'm, well, normally how it'll work is I'm going to take three random games, because Game Pass has this handy-dandy random game selector feature that will dip into the pool of things currently available, choose something at random, and there you go, you can download it from there, basically. I'm going to be using that feature to select three games I've never played before, and I'm not going to bring it upon myself to finish them or anything like that, but rather I'm going to use I'm going to use the opportunity to give them a first run through, give them a couple hours, see how I feel about them, pick out some music, and do a show all about three games I might be entirely unfamiliar with, or I've just never got around to starting for the first time. I say it's not entirely random this time because there was one game that came out recently that I was curious enough to try. I never would have tried otherwise, but I wanted to give a go since it was on the service day one and I was already a subscriber. So I thought it'd be interesting enough because it's never the sort of game I play normally, but as I can play it for quote-unquote free, as I had the service for other things anyway, I thought I'd give it a go, but didn't quite think it warranted an episode on its own, and it's never the sort of thing I would talk about on its own, because it's not my cup, to be honest with you. But I spent some time with it, I did today, and therefore it's going to be part of this Game Pass Grab Bag episode 1. Now another one is a game which I'm completely unfamiliar with, but I had recommended to me a couple of times, and I kind of peered over the shoulder of my partner who was playing it around this time last year, maybe. It's been on my backlog ever since then, and I really know nothing about it, but I've been making my way through it today. Uh, so, game number two I'm going to be talking about is Unpacking, a game I'd never normally play, but hey, Game Pass means I can try all these sort of things that I'd never get around to otherwise. 
And game number three then is randomly generated, but it's something I've kind of had an inclination to play anyway, so it's perfect for that regard. So I'll be making game number three, Coffee Talk. So, completely unfamiliar with that one as well, aside from the fact I know it exists, I've seen some rough gameplay of it, but that's really about it. I'm very unfamiliar with it as a whole. I realise I never said what game number one was, the thing that prompted this whole format to finally come off the shelf. Uh, game number one is Minecraft Legends, the newly released spin-off in the Minecraft series. It's a genre of game I never normally try. It really didn't interest me from all the trailers, honestly, aside from the fact it was a pretty looking new Minecraft game, but I gave it a go, and I'll be talking to you about it as well as unpacking and coffee talk on next week's episode of the show. On the off chance, if you've played these games or you have Game Pass and would like to try them for the sake of the show, please do let me know what you think of them and any music you might, might want to hear in the process. All of the contributions are appreciated, but if you have nothing to add about that, don't worry, there'll be all the usual chatter and catch-up as usual. But for now, that has been it on this week's episode. I have been Green Vaporate, and thank you for joining me here on the KNGI Network. A brand new episode of Movie Mandates is available on the KNGI.org website right now. Otherwise, uh, no Nitro Game Injection coming up this Friday. So the next thing you'll be able to hear on the network live is myself yet again with Vipers VGM Show with that Game Pass grab bag episode next Wednesday at 10pm UK time. For now though, going to leave you with one more song, a little bit of Mario Galaxy to come for you right about now. And, well, we've got to go with the iconic one. The iconic one being the only real way you can end a show, because, my God, what a song it is. It's powerful, genuinely powerful, I'm not saying this in an ironic way. And uh, it gets the old emotional strings tugged at, in my case. Um, the heart strings are getting played rather thoroughly, because, my God, this one still hits all the right notes all these years later. Super Mario Galaxy, Gusty Garden, coming up right about now. Thank you for listening, if you have been. This has been Vipers VGM Chair. I have been the Green Viperite. Catch me next week for episode one of the Game Pass Grab Bag. But otherwise, I'll see you whenever, really. But thank you, as always, for joining me on this current instalment of my VGM Chair.
You're listening to the KNGI Network.